The wait has ended. PGATour.com now has fantasy one and done. No other fantasy format has gained as much attention as this one. Here's how it works. It's totally free. Select one golfer per tournament. Once he's played, he's unavailable for the rest of the year. Sign up now at fantasygolf.pgatour.com. You have to be willing to change to get better. That's why guys like Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed, and Daniel Berger changed to the Callaway's new Chrome Soft Ball. See what they do at callawaygolf.com. Chrome Soft, it's the ball that changed the ball. Let's get to it. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah! I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything different? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a special Masters Preview edition of the No Laying Up podcast. Joining us for what I believe is the 10th time, double digits, from CBS, Kyle Porter. Kyle, is that a is that kind of a sad thing or is this a good thing? I don't know. Are we celebrating this occasion? Is this like my like winning a tenth major? Like like I, I got, I've gotten I've gotten to. I think it's slightly I, different. I think it's slightly different than that. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm sitting here. I'm I'm getting a little work done, kind of preparing for the Masters. I, I just went down the rabbit hole of Phil Mickelson backwards uh, over the head flop shots on YouTube. You're not and you're not watching the 03 Masters highlights right now? No, no, no. That I think they've erased all the footage of that playoff. I think I, I think it's gone. Uh, no, I am I'm fired up for the Masters. I'm fired up for for Phil making another run. Uh, there's just there's so many storylines. Like it's I don't know. It's going to be a blast. Well, we're recording this on Wednesday, March 29th. We're not going to post this probably until the Monday week of, but I'm going to be out of the country for the next few days. So I needed to get it in now. I'm really not that well prepared. I didn't even get to watch the match play last week. Uh, I I did listen back to we you and I did a preview podcast of the Masters last year, and my take on who I thought was going to win was Spieth because I picked him before the season began. Guess what? I'm not even I'm not even going to re, like refresh that take. I'm just going <laughs> to I'm not even going to do anything different with it. I'm just going. I'm picking Spieth because I picked him last year. That's why. That's why. That's why I think he's the 2017 winner. You're not concerned about the Hideto Tanahara uh, loss at the Match Play Championship? It was devastating. It was. Uh, it, it's. It's clearly uh, direct translation to how things are going to play out in a major championship. But uh, no, I think I was feeling very confident with the pick. I, I'm still confident with it, but uh, I feel. And I know that Day was really hot going into the Masters last year, and it's very easy to look at the number one player or the favorite going into it, and it's easy to point and say, I don't think they're going to win. And I think you and I agreed on that last year. We just did, weren't feeling it for Day, even though he was peaking about his uh, – I think he won match play and Bay Hill leading yep. up into it. D, this DJ run feels more like a guy that can't be beaten than Day's run did. Does that make sense? Yeah, here's the thing, and, and and I think you and I align. I, I I sort of flipped my ideology on this about the Masters uh, at some point during I think like the second round last year. But I I think the Masters runs through Jordan Spieth every every year for right? the foreseeable future, and, and that, I don't mean he's going to win them all. Like he, I don't I don't you know he he might win one or two or however many more. But I I I. I up until last year, for the past few years, I had thought that it was kind of a, a Bubba thing. Like, mm-hmm. I thought it kind of ran through him. But if you look, and we've talked about this, but if you look more closely at Bubba's record at Augusta and at the majors, he's only got the, the two wins at the Masters, and, and he doesn't have a lot else. I don't like, think he has it, another top 25. I could no, be wrong he, there, but it's not. It definitely doesn't have another top 10. Yeah, and, and so he's he's all or nothing at Augusta, and he's been, much to your chagrin, he's been all twice. Um <laughs> But, but with Spieth, it's just he he's gonna be he, he's gonna have you know Tiger had his his times where he's finished fortieth or, or whatever, but he he's gonna be so tough to beat there every year, and that doesn't mean that that Dustin Johnson's not gonna win it. But despite the run that he's on, this you know three in a row, uh, trying to trying to become the first I think since Tiger to win four in a row, and like I think he's just the eleventh guy since nineteen eighty to win three in a row, so. 
it's been an it's been an unreal run. But despite all that, despite Jordan Speed losing to Hideto Tanahara in the in the match play, it 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 runs through him. It just has to. I have so much to say in response to what you just said. First of all, you've been practicing pronouncing Hideto Tanahara. Okay, that's that's one. Like how you said something like the eleventh player since nineteen eighty to do that when it's clearly something you've written about. Um, third of all, Bubba now uses uh, pink putt putt balls. I'm not fearing him at all at Augusta. And fourth of all, I went on the hot take the golf.com hot take podcast last week and. I declared that Spieth is going to win this this year by four, and he's going to win, <laughs> and he's going to win four more green jackets to a total of five. Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot of green jackets. I mean, got to be it, bold, baby. Well, it's it's interesting because he's gonna he's gonna be, I think, a guy like Mickelson who gets twenty five shots at it. Yeah, you know, twenty twenty seven shot, whatever it is. He played. In his first one at the age of 21, I don't know if anybody knew that. He was 21 in 2014. Um, People forget that. We, we, only, yeah, we only heard that 8 million times. Uh, so, so he's going he's gonna to have several runs at it, uh, and, and I think that's different than a guy like, um, well, like Tiger. I mean, and, and, and even somebody like Rory, who, who we've talked about, you know, it, it doesn't feel like he's going to play at, at the level that he's at until he's 46. It does feel like that with Spieth, and so... I, I think Spieth is somebody who's going to win it at a young age, uh, who could win it at an old age. So I, five sounds like a ton, and it is a ton. It'd be the second most ever, um, but it could happen. I, I mean, are you just going to just are you even going to have Masters podcasts in the future? You're just going to say I'm picking Spieth and then just head off to England to play some golf. <laughs> I'm just going to dub in this audio every every year <laughs> for the Masters going forward. But uh, you know, I think uh, I don't know. It, it, it's not. I don't know exactly what makes his game fit Augusta so well. I want to say it's his very strong iron play. He was an excellent iron player in 2015. He had a poor, uh, poorer season striking his irons last year, but during Augusta week he did not. He hit some loose shots, but he was pin seeking for most of the uh, most of the event. Yeah. I, I heard, I forget where I heard this recently, but someone saying you know he he didn't even play very well last year. I, I don't I don't buy that at all. I mean there was a sense of kind of a he didn't have like total confidence and commitment when he was standing over the ball and eventually caught up with him with the shots on 12, obviously, but he, he did hit bad shots, but he hit so many really good shots and made so many eight footers. And that's the thing when I, when I watch him putt those greens, when he's got anything between eight and 15 feet, I feel like the ball is going in. I feel like he's very confident in his read. He's committed to it. And it, it I don't know. I, I don't have that confidence kind of with any other player. I think it, uh, putting does get a bit overrated at Augusta, to be honest. I think people always say that the guy who puts the best wins there. I don't think that's the case at all. I think it's the guy that gets it closest to the hole within, with, uh, after two shots is probably the guy that's going to, going to be there at the end of the, at the, uh, at the end of the day, yeah. Sunday. But, um, I don't know, man. It's just, I, I, I think like he led. I think seven straight round at the end of seven straight rounds, and uh, obviously yep. didn't lead at the end of Sunday last year. But I don't know. I, I'm not. I don't think there's going to be any hangover for it. I, I hope it's not a, a story that gets ran into the ground this week. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Good luck with that. I, I know, but I, I feel like the Masters like helps dictate how the broadcast is presented in that way. You know what I mean? I feel. Like the, it's not like free reign for announcers and whatnot to talk about whatever they can they want to talk about. Am I am I right in saying that? Well, I, I think the the Masters is the one tournament that sort of um, like the the tournament is bigger than the players. If that makes sense, yep. it, it, you get that with the other majors a little bit, specifically probably with the Open, but. Um, a lot of times the players are bigger than the tournament. I mean, you know, especially with Tiger and and Phil and guys like that. So, I I, I do think there's something there, man. I I will never forget his just going back to Spieth's second round in 2015. He hit like three flag sticks, like on <laughs> like in like in the it was like I mean it was just unbelievable his his iron play there. And and I it, it I don't have any like empirical data, but it it just feels like he hits his long irons and his in his fairway woods really accurately and re- and just he sets himself up so well to, to make birdies and then when he does get in trouble he just doesn't he doesn't make the bogeys he makes quads but he doesn't make <laughs> bogeys um 
<laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I just I mean, how much differently are we thinking about this, though, if, if he doesn't make that quad on 12 last year, like going, you know, can speed get the three P, you know, whatever. And it's almost like it, I think we did this a little bit last year, but it's almost like he's he's being overlooked a little, you know, like we, we got DJ, we got the tiger drama. We, we got all these other things. And it's like this dude's never finished third. Like he's never finished worse than second. And, uh, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, he's just, he's the guy to beat in my mind. I think he will get beat, but I, I still think you have to go through him to win it. Well, I'm not letting him fly out of the radar. Cause it's all I've been saying for, I think since, <laughs> since he hit the ball in the water last year on 12, the second one, it's, I said he's going to win next year. Very courageous of you to stand up for the man who made $50 million last year. <laughs> I will die on this hill. I will. Um, I he, I did hear, I don't know what, what he, if he was asked the question or whatnot, that he, I don't, I don't know why this makes headlines, but it said that he's, uh, that DJ is the favorite and DJ should be the favorite going into it. I didn't bother clicking the link because I'm fearing that it's like, um, almost as if he's passing off the the pressure of being the favorite or something <laughs> like that. It's one of those questions where you're gonna give the wrong answer according to somebody, no matter uh, no matter what you say on it. But I mean, it, it. I think it's fair to say that DJ. I don't know. I I think Spieth should be the favorite, but just because I don't I don't have any DJ memories at the Masters. I said this to Jaime Diaz. I remember yeah. him hitting that shot around the tree at 15 last year, I think in the third round. I don't I honestly don't think I have another one. Do you? I know he's finished T6, T4 the last two Masters, but I I don't I I never have thought of him as a guy that can win here. Should we be thinking differently this year? Well, two things on that. My my only memory really is the the round, I think it was 15 when he made three eagles in the same round. Mhm. Um, which was just outrageous, and and he, I mean, there there's not a par five for him out there. They're all par fours or, or three and a halfs or whatever. And and I th- I think the, the the biggest thing for me with DJ, and I was thinking about this during match play, is th- there's such. I think he's like thirtieth or thirty first in in strokes gained putting this year, and and it just obviously the the driver and the iron play and and just his approach. I mean, he's ridiculous, but his short game and and when he when he stands over like a five foot putt i used to think like this could be a three putt and now and now i'm surprised when he doesn't make it you, you know what i'm saying like exactly I, I just i have so much more confidence in it he still is not like if you look at he's missed several putts inside of even three feet i think this so far this season so it's it's not a um it's not necessarily a statistical thing, but I, I I don't know. I just watch him, and I just have much a lot more confidence in him canning short putts. And and I, I thought Jaime Diaz said this really well in your podcast last week, but just talking about uh, Rory sometimes having like loose shots and leaving you know leaving sh- you know Patrick Reed's the king of of uh, well I left about fourteen strokes out there you know should have should have shot a fifty seven but. <laughs> But but uh, the the two guys that actually do it are Rory and and DJ and DJ seems to be tightening that up a little bit. I I do still think that he leaves a couple out there every once in a while. But I don't know. I just have a lot more confidence in in him hitting four and, and five foot putts. And I think that's something that you know we'll see at Augusta if that's actually true. But he I mean he, he's going to be there on the weekend. I, I I don't see any scenario in which he's not. As Tron says, you're you're a feel player. You don't need stats to back that up. I'm a feel player when it comes to stats. It was, I mean, with DJ, everyone always said like, once this guy figures it out, there's no one that can match him. He's the most talented guy out here. If he ever puts it all together, you know, no one's going to be able to touch him. I heard that for so long that I kind of put it in that like what if category that is not really ever going to happen. So, like, yeah. Kind of like the yeah once once Sergio wins a major it's like all right I mean we, how many how many years have we been doing this now and it hasn't happened yet so I I didn't think it was actually going to ever fully happen with DJ I mean I did I mean let's let's be honest here I picked him to win the U.S. Open last year I'm not bragging I'm just saying um, yeah you only tweeted that like eight just, eighteen times oh <laughs> we're gonna round down to eighteen okay that, that's fine I'll take that but I mean he, I was gonna say it during the U.S. Open. <laughs> During the what he what he got into the lead before he had yeah. even won it, I think uh, I, he had gotten so like this point or I don't want to I don't want to say 
too far into his career. I think he's, what, 32. I think that's kind of far into uh, your career with that talent level to really have the breakout. And I'm not saying guys, you know, into their 30s can't can improve, but to make the leap to the clear-cut best player in the world, that that's something you don't typically see from somebody who was sloppy for so many years. And, I, and I, his resume before this crazy run was outstanding, like on track to be a Hall of Fame Hall of Famer. But like we always said, he was he's the most talented guy. He just leaves too much out there. I mean, I remember at this time we had a we had a quote unquote big four, and it didn't even include DJ. I mean, the leap yeah. he has made is honestly. Uh, I don't know. It feels a lot more real and authentic than days than days leap did. Is that crazy to say? No. Here's the thing with DJ, and and he talked about. I don't know if you you know this, but he's been working on his wedge game. Ooh. I don't know. If, I don't know. <laughs> is he using any devices to help him with that? <laughs> but the thing with him is like, who who in in modern golf history has not started working on their wedge game until they were 31 years old? Like. If if we had known that, like I don't, you know, we don't like roll around and like you know watch a DJ practice all the time or whatever. But it it, it 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 paints a much clearer picture of like what's what's actually taking place, like what's actually happening. So, you know, what else has he not worked on? Like how much better can he actually get? So you're right in in that he's sort of been a late blooming number one player in the world, probably one of the the latest ever recently. You know, all, all the other guys. Even Martin Keimer, Rory, guys that have that have gotten to number one have been pretty young. I guess Luke Donald and Lee Westwood. I don't know if we want to talk about that, but um, but with DJ, like he's just he just hadn't practiced stuff, which is a, such a bizarre, like weird thing to. Do we to, fully buy that though? Like, do we really think he didn't practice it? Oh, well, I don't. I don't think he was like. Yeah, yeah. I I think he wasn't as dedicated to to his wedge play or short or whatever as he is now i I really think that yeah as dedicated but it's been presented as if he like never picked up a wedge and hit it on the range and practiced it i I don't i don't buy that i definitely think this is like bubba's never had a lesson yeah oh yes exactly that's exactly (laughs) on that (laughs) that's exactly on that i i think he's definitely yeah i think it's maybe a bit overrun and overstated um i mean there's something to it clearly because his wedge play is clearly improved but yeah, and I, I guess my point is like guys with his kind of talent just learn to to max out at an earlier age than he has, and I think that's sort of why we didn't see this coming. Yeah. A quick break to remind you guys to make sure you're signing up for the No Laying Up and Fried Egg Masters contest. We're going to get a lot of entries. Callaway is helping sponsor the event, and it's totally free to enter. We're going to be giving out some major prizes to the top 10 finishers, perhaps even more depending on how many entries we get. This is likely to include some Callaway clubs, including the new Epic Driver. There's going to be golf balls, golf bags. The, the prizes are to be announced later, but again, a reminder, check our Twitter feed. Uh, we'll be sharing information about this all, all week long, Masters Week. Get involved. Thanks, special thanks to Callaway for providing the gifts. Uh, again, totally free to enter. Sign up right now. How far how far down the odds sheet are you looking and picking a winner? Like, what's the furthest down you're willing to go as somebody that has a chance to win? Have you? Did you first of all? Did you see Danny Willett is a hundred to one to win? Well, the, yeah, I saw Brendan Poor. Oh my fire, god! Fire tweet. I we got. I will do questions later. But Porath's tweet when I asked for question recommendations. He said, Rec- recommendations on what Danny Willett should do in Augusta between Friday afternoon and Butler Cabin. Whoo! Good Lord. He can hit up that Snoop Dogg festival oh or whatever God. he's doing. <laughs> uh, the, the Danny Willett thing, it's such a – I've thought about this a lot. Like, it, 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 it's such a random happenstance, like, that, that, he, that he won. Like, that – I don't know. I, I I I would love to go back and look at. I was just I don't know thinking about hypotheticals like who would have won the most majors if golf was only if tournaments were only three rounds and then you you can't obviously do this but who would have won the most if if tournaments were five rounds like it, it's just the fact that it was four rounds and that he had the you know the round of his life at the right time he wasn't even supposed to be there his his wife had just had a baby and there's just so many different things but. The guy that I'm looking at, uh, the furthest down is uh, is Lee Westwood at 100 to one. What? 
Yeah, Lee you're, Westwood, hundred to one. You're taking. Oh my God! I mean, four, he four, t- four top tens in his last five appearances at Augusta. Finished tied for second last year. He's been he's been one of the he, out of, out of the uh, the five best guys at Augusta over the last five years. I think he's like third. It goes Spieth, uh, DJ, Rose, and then uh, and then Westwood. So he's four. So I I did this a couple years ago. I did the whole look. Lee Westwood has finished hasn't finished outside the top eleven at the Masters. Blah blah blah. And I think he finished like t sixty six on me that year. So <laughs> I, I'm not going to go down the Westwood Masters uh, thing again. I just can't get the image of the putt at the Ryder Cup out of my head, and I I, yeah. I can't imagine. I it, it is kind of a people forget that that he finished t two last year, but yeah. Uh, yeah, wow, hundred to one. That that's actually kind of intriguing at a hundred to one, just considering how much success he's had there. But has he? I was looking this up the other day. Has he won a PGA Tour event? I think he has, hasn't he? I don't think so. No. I I there well there's there's one of those European guys that he has two wins. He has he won the Freeport McDermott Classic in 1998, and he won the St Jude Classic in 2010. Okay, there's there's somebody there's somebody like a big name that that's European that has not. Colin and Montgomery not even, was one. Yeah, but there's somebody recent. I'm not even talking about Poulter, who's not, uh, I don't know if you know this. Never won a stroke play event on the in the continental U.S. I love how we carve how far how far <laughs> we'll stretch it to to make a dig at Poulter. <laughs> well, he's it, never it, won one in North Dakota either. It, so it is strange. Like if you think about. We always think about the Masters like being this, and we think generally about like this about the majors of of just giving us great champions and like delivering the goods and all this stuff. And it's like, eh, we've gotten Charles Schwartzel and Zach Johnson and Danny Willett. Like, is this a you know like it? Just recent history has been kind of kind of weird at Augusta. I feel like it is, <clears throat> you know. I, I'm right there with you in that we we usually look at like the top twelve guys or maybe maybe not even that many um, and it it does almost always produce a really good leaderboard but I I do feel like it kind of happens all at once and then like the next year we get a complete flop like um, I was looking at '08 was it when Trevor Emmelman won and oh, and '07 I mean those were some dark times in golf I think but. Um, but I could look back at 15 where Spieth won. I think Rose and Mickelson finished second. So I feel we don't, it doesn't get spread out very well. There's nothing to that. There's no way of like describing that. But So last year it played a lot more firm. I think there's some rain in the forecast. Uh, do, you, do you Have you heard anything about what kind of condition the course is in? Do you think they're going to try to have an event more like last year's than you know the soft year before where Spieth set the scoring record? Uh, real quick, that final leaderboard in 2008, Trevor Immelman, uh, Tiger finished second, but then it was Stuart Sink was on there, Steve Flesh, uh, Robert Carlson, and Andres Romero were all in the top ten. So yikes, a dark time in golf. Yeah, it? yeah, it's not great. <clears throat> um, I so what the thing last year it, it was uh, it was it was a little bit fast, it was a lot fast, and it was a little bit dry, but. It was also kind of like cold and windy, like like strangely, like it was just it was weird. It was chilly. It was it was I don't know. It, it was it was a very di- it was very difficult scoring conditions. And so I think that you, even if you don't get the rain, it's not supposed to be as cold, and I don't think it's supposed to be as windy. So I, I would be surprised. I, I wrote this the other day. I would be surprised if the winning score was under or was in the single digits. I mean, historically, the the Winning score is eight under, but if you look at the last, basically since Jack, Zach Johnson won, it's a it's around eleven or twelve under, and I would expect it to return to like ten or eleven under par uh, this year. My one of my favorite stats from last year is that Spieth made twenty two birdies and Willett made thirteen and yeah, thirteen yeah. birdies and he won the Masters. That's like that's like Tiger at the Hero World Challenge last year. <laughs> You made how far do we make it? How far do we make it? You brought him up first, 22, 23 minutes in. See Brandel said he's been practicing. Yeah, can I can I make like can I make a prediction on here? Oh, this is what we're doing. Well, wait, wait, hold on. This is being released on on uh, Monday. Monday, yeah, of next week. Okay. I'm going to I'm going to say that this is going to be hilarious oh for people. Oh my god. 
I'm going to say by the time you, by the time people hear this, by the time you hear my voice saying this, Tiger Woods will have stepped away from golf indefinitely. Whoa! <laughs> Are you going to make me edit this out if he like commits to? No, to that? no, keep it in there. Keep it in there. I'll I'll wear that. Uh, I'm I'm fine with that. Do you have, have some no, inside info? No inside info. No sources. I am not texting with uh, Nota Begay. Um, I just I don't know. I feel like I have a premonition. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I I get what you're going for here because if he doesn't play and he's not going to play, there's nothing that's on the horizon that's going to bring him back. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know where Brandel is getting his. He's been practicing really hard. Don't rule it out yet. I have not heard one single thing that even is remotely close to that. And I've heard one. I've heard from two good two good sources. One really good one that he's in bad shape. Like it's in it's in bad shape, and it's for, yeah. and the person that I heard this from would definitely know. So I, I have not put that out there yet. I don't. I don't. I, we're going to find out soon enough. Um, and I'm probably by the time I, yeah people listen to this by my, it, he'll announce probably Friday that he's not playing. I think, but um, yeah. yeah, it's it's not. Good. I, I just here, here's my thing. I, I think it's such a it's one thing to be injured, to be hurt, and and to not be able to play, but for him to um. I presume not need surgery and to, and to be coming into the masters and, and, and to, to not be able to actually play it. I think it's such a, an emotionally and, and, and mentally devastating thing that I think that he's just going to say, I'm, I'm just going to step away for a while. And, and he'll just say indefinitely because I don't think he's going to re- actually retire or whatever, but I don't know. I just think the reality of not being able to play Augusta is really going to hit him. All right. We well for the record we we brought up Tiger before we even really talked about Rory so um, <laughs> I'm ready to transition into that. Uh, are you first of all what do you I don't know kind of a stupid question but what do you think of his chances um, and I, and I want to also ask if it rains how much does that change how you foresee him playing out this tournament? Yeah, I mean if it rains he's going to be just. You know, it could turn into you know congressional in, in 2011. But I, you know, Rory is. I think he is. Um, he's obviously, you know, playing well right now. Played well at Mexico. Played well at Bay Hill. I, I just think, and he he basically said this at Bay Hill. He said, you know, it, it's the the further it goes on, the the harder it is. And it's such a it's such a thing that's just kind of looming over him. And, and a lot like Phil at, at the U.S. Open, he mentioned that as well. Here, here's my take. I told Tron this when we were down at Bay Hill. I think Rory should fly up to Augusta on Thursday morning, hmm. like fly, fly up from Florida Thursday morning, just hit like twenty balls on the range and just go play. Like I think he, I think he'd shoot like sixty four, sixty five, and just run away with it on the weekend. Like I, I just think he, he, he's trying so hard to figure out what the what the formula is, you know, for for playing well that week. Whether it's do I play the week before? Do I go up on Saturday? Do I? He's and he's trying all these different things, and that's what I would be doing as well. I think he just needs to just blank slate, don't think about it, go shoot sixty four, sixty five. I mean, we've watched him like he's he's him and DJ best best most talented guys in the world like just just go play golf you know and and I, I just think it gets a little bit too complicated for him sometimes he said he mentioned that on the podcast actually he said something about i'm thinking maybe i'd be better off showing up the day before and you know like i treat it like i would any other tournament um i i don't get the sense that he's pressing on this too badly um i i just i think you know what you said it, it gets it gets harder year after year but i think I feel like he can adjust to that better year over year. I don't feel like it's a huge storyline right now. I think people have kind of gotten uh, kind of understand the fact that he doesn't really want to talk about it. It's it's he's twenty seven. Is he still twenty seven? Yeah, he's twenty seven. Twenty seven, and we're talking about like the career Grand Slam. <laughs> Phil hasn't. <laughs> Phil was seven years away from winning a major. Yeah, Phil is nineteen years older, and he also still hasn't won the career Grand Slam. If this goes on for a decade. Yeah, that's worth bringing up every year. I think he's had what two chances at closing the career Grand Slam and not one. Like, he's he's not a fifty percent odd. He's not going off at fifty percent odds when he shows up there. So 
if this goes on even for five more years, it doesn't concern me at all. Winning the Masters is so incredibly hard, despite the fact that I wanted to give Spieth four of them, and I think he's going to win this by four shots. <laughs> it's really hard. So I, I don't know. I, I, if, if you're going in expecting one certain player to win and you're going to be disappointed in that player if they don't win, you're approaching this this in the wrong in the entirely wrong way. It's not that's not the way this game is played. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of a good thing that you know DJ's. I, Spieth obviously has the Masters history. DJ is on this incredible run. I'm definitely not saying Rory's being forgotten about, but he's not. He's not the lead story going into this. I actually said this around the same time last year, the, almost the exact same thing that you know Day being hot kind of takes a little bit of pressure off of him. And I mean, Rory was in the final group on Saturday. Yes, um, yeah, last year, yeah. right? And yeah. uh, I mean, he had a horrible day that day, but I think he probably learned from that experience. So. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel good about his chances. Just in the in the little bit that I've talked to him about it, he seems confident. Um, it, it it doesn't seem like the moment is getting to him at all, or the pressure is getting him getting to him at all. And I mean, he knows he's got what, how many more, twenty more shots at this. I don't know how long he wants to play, but it's not like it's not like he's not going to win one. I don't think for one second that anybody out there thinks he's never going to win the Masters. Like you've definitely never said those exact words before, have you? <sighs> Hey, that was that was performance art. That was on the Hot Take podcast. <laughs> that, that was yeah. Shout out to Sean Zach of of Golf dot com. That was that was a Hot Take podcast. I said it, 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 that's. Well, I don't want to. I'm not here to talk about that. <laughs> Solomon. You didn't see that one coming, did you? You are misremembering some stuff. And I, I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm I'm. Uh, I'm reeling. I'm I'm on tilt right You're now. You're flustered now. You don't even have a take. <laughs> so I was reading this this article about Ernie Els, uh, really good in the Augusta Chronicle by Scott Michaud. And Ernie was talking about this is, this is probably going to be his last Masters. I think he's 47. His exemption runs out this year. And he said, you know, looking back over his career at Augusta, he said, I kind of, and this was the phrase he used. I thought it was really interesting. He said, I fell out of patience with with this golf course, and he said some guys get breaks here and they fall in love with it. And he's like, I, I sort of went the other way, you know, mm-hmm. like I I had some things go against me, and I and I kind of fell out of love with it. He's like, I, I still love the Masters, just this course uh, just kind of gets to me a little bit. I think the thing with Rory that I go back to is it's so easy to envision him shooting, you know getting to 16 under and like playing the par fives at 13 under for the week. Like just it, it, it I don't know. It, it's difficult to envision Phil Mickelson winning the U S open right now, you know, and it's just so easy to see him doing it that it almost seems impossible that it wouldn't happen. Um, but who knows? We could be here in 10 years talking about the time that I went on the hot take podcast with Sean Zach and it was correct. I, I don't know. Uh, well, Ernie is a really interesting one because I, I did just kind of take a flip back through old leaderboards. I love to do that this time of year and just kind of remember the guys you know that finished T4 that you may have never even heard of. Ernie had a stretch from 2000 to 2004 that it's criminal that he didn't win a Masters. He finished yeah. second in 2000, T6 in 2001, T5 in 2002, T6 in 03, and second to Mickelson's back nine, 31 20 foot birdie putt on the 72nd hole to win the masters like that. Yeah. And he never was the same at the masters after that, that that's enough to just crush you. And it really did look like he was going to win it that in 2004, despite Phil going on Faraday and being like, Phil who had not won a major yet went on Faraday and claimed like, yeah, I I knew I was going to win. I mean, yeah, after I, after I birdied 12, I knew I was going to (laughs) win. Will you, will you tell me when the, uh, Phil gambling memes, or as Bryce Harper calls them, memes get old. When when will that get old? Um, it'll be years after <laughs> Phil has passed, <laughs> and Phil will have bet on what that date is going to be. I'm, oh, I'm so ex- <clears throat> I'm so excited for him. Like 20 years from now, or whatever, hitting the ceremonial tee shot at Augusta and having to, to dish out money on the tee box in front of in front like to, to Augusta members like who who bet on whether he did the fairway or not. You know who he's gonna be dishing money out to? Gary Player. 
Gary, Gary Player is going to be 110 years old doing crunches on the first tee while Phil's teeing off. True or false? Gary Player and Jordan Spieth will hit ceremonial tee shots at a guy. <laughs> and Gary will will be fist pumping when he outdrives him. I hope he does it again this year. Last year he gave a a clear fist pump when Nicholas yeah, did not he, hit it by him. Yeah, he does that like kick that high, that high kick thing. He's he's that guy is he's insane. He's, he's incredible. A, yeah, he's unbelievable. He's the uh, best. Yeah. He's tra- he claims he's traveled more miles than anyone else in the world. And and he's hit, and he's hit more I, I okay, so I let's talk about me. I want to talk about me for a second. Okay. I had a I, I was going back and and I saw a couple a couple of years ago. I don't I forgot what it was in, but I had a line about Gary Player and something that I wrote um talking about how he's won like 325 events worldwide. And and I said, and this is coming from someone who definitely seems like he would keep track of such a thing. I remember that line. That was one of my favorite of all time. I was so I was so proud of that. All right, so we're, let's do our thing also, where we make sure we name everyone in the field just in case yeah. they win. Because yeah. uh, we did that last year. Actually, I dismissed Danny Willett winning the tournament specifically. <laughs> um, we all know how that worked out. Um, I, 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 we, you and I did a J, basically a JT podcast in January where I kind of said I felt like I was too close to the situation to realize how good he was. I'm back. Yeah. Ex- uh, the, I'm the anti-Lavar ball, basically. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of shifting back towards that and in my head thinking like, oh, I mean, come on, it's, he can't he can't win the Masters, can he? But am I wrong in thinking that? That that he can't win the Masters? Yeah. No, I I, th- I think he can win it. What, do, you, do we know where he finished last year? I don't even remember. Uh, I think he finished dead- like top twenty. No, no, no. He uh, he made the cut almost on the number, and I, I thought okay. he was going to get to play with Knox. Uh, I was rooting for that, and I think he finished. If I remember right, he finished like dead last after making the cut. He okay. no, he finished T thirty nine. I'm sorry. You know, I, I think Thomas is 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 super interesting. I think he's sort of the poster boy for this this group of golfers to where it's it's almost like they either finish top five or they miss the cut. I mean, if you look at his season so far, and he's talked about this, I think he talked about it with it might have been uh, my shot with Guy Yoakum uh, in in Golf Digest, but just talking about how like it's all or nothing. Like I want to win, or and and not that he doesn't care about making cuts, but the, the older generations have been so um, just trained to make cuts, to make cuts, to grind out like T twenty fours or whatever. And these guys are like, I don't really care if I don't win. And 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 I'm I'm not saying that derogatorily. I think that's a I think that's a great attitude to have um, because, and and I think Rory's talked about this. Like you you want to you want to either be you know you want to, like be at the very very top or like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter finishing like T12 or whatever if you're one of the top 10 or 15 guys in the world because you, you're, you're, your schedule, your money, like all that stuff is set. Like it, it, it you know, it, you're, you're trying to win golf tournaments. And, and so I think that, you know, I could see him being in the top five or I could, you know, or, or, or I feel like he's going to miss the cut, you know, like I, I, I don't. And, and if you look at his pattern of, of uh, tournaments so far this year, he's won three times, but then he's like in between all those, he's missed like three or four cuts. So, um, I, he certainly got the game for it. I, I just don't know if uh, I don't know how his his how he'll feel that week in terms of the way he's playing. And I kind of this, this is a I'll admit it a weird take. I don't even know if it's fair. I, I want you to tell me if it's not because I it's one you can't discount the wins. He's won three events this season. It's ridiculous the start he got off to. But I almost feel like I would feel better about it if he had sandwiched in more like a, 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 a cl- he hit a close call in Mexico, but I feel like to really make that leap into that speed category. And I don't mean major champion. I just mean like I, Jordan is always around the lead, almost always around the lead, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. somewhat involved in it. And JT does play that hot and cold card. And I brought this up with Rory on the podcast as well. Rory's won four majors without any real, he was, he, he missed the playoff in 2010 at the PGA by one shot. He hasn't had really any other 
like really heartbreaking close calls in a major. I know he had the final round collapse at the 2011 Masters. Uh, that was before he had ever won a major, and he ended up losing by quite a few. Yeah, he, f- he finished uh, T15 there. Right. He's never had that, like, I think he has one other one other top five in a major, if I remember right. I know he finished T4 at the Masters one year. He backdoored that. Um but I, I, I don't I don't really know where I'm going with this take other than it's weird that Rory is I asked Rory if there was something to that if if there's something to uh, you know having the four wins and if there's I don't want to say maybe a little bit of luck involved in that I just feel like you can do you're in control of getting yourself into contention how it all plays out and how it all finishes there is an element of luck now listen winning by eight shots at the PGA in the U.S. Open that's hardly luck. And I wouldn't say Hoylake was at all all luck, but there was some definitely some luck factors that went into winning the PGA of Valhalla by one. Um, but I, and I, again, I have no idea how I ended up down this path or what I'm going to ask next on that. But that's that's what I have to say about that. Well, the the thing about that is like, so golf and and this is this is what kind of irks me, like that that people sometimes don't understand. You're, you, it's all about. And, and you basically just said this, but it's all about giving yourself the most chances to win. And a lot of it's out of your control. A lot of time, most of the time you're not going to win, but it's giving yourself the most best chances to win. Like it's not, it's not about the backdoor top tens. It's not about any of that. And so with Rory, every time he's given himself like the, the best chance to to win, he's done it. So like, he's like four for four basically um maybe four for five something like that and then you look at somebody like let's take like ricky uh he's like oh for two you know because if you look back at 2014 like a couple of the couple of those majors like he, he didn't have a real chance and then a couple of the others he, he gave himself like the best chance but it just it, it didn't like fall his way so i totally understand what you're saying but i think on the other side of that you look at uh somebody like um, look at Phil. Phil's got like 24 top, I think it's top three all time in, in major championships. Jesus. And he, and he still only won five of them. And so it, it's, um, I don't know. I, I think that like Rory at his very best has been better than like Phil at his very best. I don't really know where I'm going with this either. I'm just kind of talking. <laughs> and I think we, I think we were talking about just, I think we were talking about Justin Thomas, but I, I guess my point is I think Justin Thomas has a, has an, has the ability to give himself like this um, chance the way that Rory has to where it's like, wow, I don't know if anybody's catching that this week. I mean, we, we saw that at Hawaii and, and there's not a ton of guys like that out there. And the, the exact polar opposite of the example I gave with Rory is somebody like Sergio who has 22 top tens in majors, 12 top five finishes at majors without a win. And I just I don't I don't know what what and I think maybe that's polar opposite as far as uh, guys on the on the the major championship spectrum um, Rory versus Sergio and maybe there is really something to closing them out that I'm not fully understanding but I just find it find it interesting again and I make I bring this up any chance I get to people how much people need to like respect and realize how many majors four majors is for Rory to have had by the yep. age of 25 so I thought I thought the polar opposite of Sergio was Todd Hamilton. Yeah, that's uh, how does that happen? Like honestly, it, it really does just make you wonder how these things happen. It's got to be so frustrating for somebody like Sergio to to see some of the guys that have that have won majors. But what what one of my favorite? I think Dylan Mays sent this last summer and said it's got to it's got to just burn Colin Montgomery to walk in the you know to walk past the champions locker room and see Todd Hamilton walking in. <laughs> ben Curtis. Oh God! Um, all right, let's do some questions. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, we already did poor ass. That was the best one. Sorry. Um, Sarah Endicott always has good questions. What is your worst case scenario outcome? Uh, probably Siwoo Kim Scott Piercy playoff. <laughs> Scott Piercy dick. <laughs> Are you just checking? You're just doing the thing where we check names off the list to make sure they get said. Yeah, and I've got the odds up, and I just like went to the bottom. Siwoo Kim. What, what are Siwoo Kim's odds? He's a uh, four hundred to one. Maybe Siwoo Kim and like Daniel Summerhays. I think uh, I think friend of the pod DJ Pie is a, is a Summerhays fan. Okay, no. I might just be making that up. How is Summerhays in the in the Masters? 
Uh, didn't he win? I think he won like the Travelers. No, he won something. No, 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 no. He finished top four at the PGA last year. Oh, that's right. That's right. <clears throat> okay, Andy Knack, I think is the best way to say that. If Bubba wins his third green jacket using a pink <laughs> pink golf ball, will you have to cancel the podcast? Did you see the uh, putter that he's rolling out? Yes, I did. I did. The sa- they, it's like a putter made from the material of a samurai sword, which sounds like a high-level marketing scheme, but... Um, Somebody said, "Pray for Ted Scott." That's it's never been more appropriate. I don't think. <laughs> I, if you had told me he was gonna, like, you gave me two options before today. If you just said he's gonna show up at the Masters with a putter made out of a samurai sword or one of the rubber <laughs> ones that they hand out at putt putt courses, I probably would have gone with the putt putt one. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> what like if 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 him and um. Okay, how about this? How about him and and Zai Johnson are in a playoff against one another? Zai Johnson goes for his third major to get within one of Rory. Who are you, well, both of them. Who are you rooting for? Oh, man. Uh, Bubba going for his third I, green jacket. I got to root for ZJ, I think. I don't <laughs> I don't dislike ZJ as a person. There's nothing really to dislike there other than the fact that he, he blocked me for and despite I never tweeted at him. Um, Bubba, I just I genuinely don't like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like ZJ just lays up. That's his flaw. Like I'm like that's not the worst flaw in the world you could have. It's just kind of a thing that I have to hate. That I'm sorry. I, by all accounts, ZJ is a good guy. He just bores yeah, no, the crap I'm, out of me. I, he is a good guy. I'm just saying it's not it's not a good week for your brand if ZJ is no. r- rolling off. You know, Master or uh, Augusta St Andrews Ma- uh, Augusta again. No, it's not. It, let's. Let's, we already we already went over the worst case scenario. Okay, <laughs> we're on to the next question. Um, Mike Caverhill, should there be a camera on Jeff Knox Friday night as the cut is finalized? <laughs> ESPN should definitely get Knox involved, like on Thursday, Friday, like like telling. St- I mean, he could do anything, and I and I'd be locked in. I'm wondering if we're go- if we're going to kind of ruin this, like if he gets too big as a cult hero. If Augusta's going to move on down the list and like upgrade somebody else to that spot, yeah, but but he's done a really good job of staying below the radar. Like like I think he I think he listens to all this stuff. Like I I think he's probably listening to this podcast, and I think he enjoys it, kind of the undergroundness of his fame. Um, but he's done a good job of staying out of the spotlight. Uh, so you tweeted a quote today that was from Spieth's 2014 presser. So Jason Barefoot asked. How long does it take Kyle Porter to dig through old presser transcripts? And have has have you seen your family recently? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was trying. I was actually, I yeah. It it does seem like like I read every presser. I really don't. I was looking for a quote. I was writing about first timers playing at Augusta, and I was looking for a quote because that was his first time uh, to to play there, and just seeing if he said anything about how you know if he needed more experience or whatever. I didn't find anything, but I did see him talking about uh, number 12 a lot, so that was interesting. Um, here's one from Quinn Gorski. Who's your dream Thursday-Friday featured group? Hmm, that's interesting. Um, I, I wonder on this, like, I, I want... If, I, if I'm going to pick two people that I want to win, I would probably pick Rory 1 and probably Spieth 2. Um... I don't want them paired together. I don't. I don't think that they would both play their best if they're paired together the first two rounds. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, it, it's yeah, it's true. I, I think. I mean, I think. I think. <laughs> I've said this before, but Spieth annoys Rory like not as a human, but as a golfer because he just like he just like slaps it around and he, he shoots like a sixty-eight. And you're like, what the hell? Like what? Like <laughs> like how did he do that? You know? And Rory's hitting like these. Elon Musk level drives off the, you know, like into the stratosphere, and he's like seventy three or whatever. It's just he, he annoys him. Like I, I don't see how he wouldn't. Um, you, Rory, you never hear Rory get like uh, like amazed at other people's game, other than that reaction that he had to speed last year and Phil this past year in Mexico. Like, how Phil shot sixty eight where he was. Rory's like I would have shot seventy six or whatever. That's the only time you ever see Rory amazed by other people. Well, yeah. To be fair, I think Spieth saw or uh, Mickelson saw like every shrub in in whatever 
whatever course they were on. It, it was unbelievable. I, I was actually looking back through some tweets from that, and Adam Sarson just just uh, like screenshotted like all the shrubbery that Phil was in, and it was like this man just shot a sixty nine in this tournament. I have no idea how it happened. Nice. <laughs> I I, th- I think uh, yeah. Uh, I think um, I don't know. It'd be fun to see like a uh, like a Rory Adam Scott Ricky. I think that would be like a really fun trio. Um, yeah. How many guys I'll, are there that like f- for you? And you don't have to name them all, but are like w- are you putting on your tracker? Like you know, like the Augusta leaderboard or whatever online lets you add a bunch of guys to your favorites. How many guys are like you looking up their tee time before they tee off? What's their around what number? Oh, there's probably like six to eight. Yeah. Like Spieth, Rory, uh, JT, Phil, Ricky, and Sergio, something like that. Maybe Stenson. No DJ? Yeah, yeah. I said, did I not say DJ? Oh, I don't know. I don't really listen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Big Shark of 98 wants to know if you're up for a Roast My Swing session. Oh, yeah. I'm, I I want that. You I, want it? I, I think I read all of the responses. They're incredible. Like it's amazing. If 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 we could somehow like bottle like the the comedy that ensues from from the roast. I mean, it, it's just it's unfathomable to me that there are that many funny people out there. Like as it relates to golf, even it, it's it's it just the one of you like just sending it into the what was that the Black Sea, the North Sea? I don't know what sea that was. <laughs> it was but the it Atlantic was just, Ocean. Okay, well, it was it was incredible. It was, and people, yeah, I, I'm amazed that people aren't like repeat. Like, I get a, there's some repeating jokes at this point, but people are coming up with fresh material every week and really bringing the heat. And uh, oh, the one we posted this week is one of my favorites. Goodman, Goodman, <laughs> he uh, he's like a good golfer, like he really is. He's the fastest golfer. Goodman's the fastest golfer you'll ever see. If you're like having a conversation with him between like the green, the second green and the third tee, you don't get to finish your sentence, and he's teed off. Uh, it's the most <laughs> remarkable, amazing thing you'll ever see. And he doesn't even care if you talk during his swing. Like there's no distracting him. Um, all right, Tucker Blankenship. I, I, I read. I Go read ahead. some of those. I read some of those to my wife, and even she doesn't really care, and she thought they were just unbelievable. <laughs> it was great. Um, Tucker Blankenship wants to know the best hole at Augusta where no water is in play. I like this one. Uh, wow. That's, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think I like I, number I like, two. Does that count? There's a creek that runs yeah. through there. I guess that's water. No, that's what I was going to say. Um, I like two a lot. I like... Um, ten? Yeah, ten... 10 would be my answer. I like 10 a lot. Okay. That's good. Ten, 10, then two for me. Do you have one sleeper pick? Brad Bachman, do you have one sleeper pick out someone outside the top 30 in the official world golf rankings that you, that you, that you may, may sneak up on us? Yeah. Well, I, I said Westwood. I, I think oh, yeah. the other guy that, that, um, I don't know if he's out, if he's outside the top 30, it's barely, but, um, Tomas Peters, like I, I, I could see him just. I mean, it's his first time, but he, he's a, he's a weird guy that it's a, that it's his first time because he um, he's played in a Ryder Cup, he's played a lot on the European Tour, uh, won the individual NCAA championship. So it's 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 not a moment that I think will be too big for him. And he's, I mean, you and I saw it in person at the Ryder Cup. He's clearly talented enough. So I, I, I think. I don't. I don't know what he's ranked. I don't know if he's outside the top thirty. He is seventy to one to win. So I think that'd be an interesting pick. Have you been working on your Dutch pronunciations there, Thomas Peters? I Thomas, th- yeah, I, th- I thought it was just Thomas Peters. Is it not? Is it? I thought so. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was. I'm the I one. That, I'm, going, I'm the one that's supposed to be able to speak Dutch too, and I clearly, <laughs> I clearly do not. We didn't even talk about Rom. We just kind of. I didn't get to watch the match play because I had other things going on. But uh, I mean. We're definitely not ruling him out of contending this week, are we? No, no. He's like the he's like the uh, he's eighteen to one. Jesus. It goes it goes it goes. DJ Spieth, Rory, Rom. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I mean, that's not inaccurate. What's it? I think Jake Nichols has been the one that is like thinks that Rom is the best player in the world, like currently. Wow, that's that's bold. He, I mean, his pedigree is. 
I think he was the longest ever uh, world number one amateur. I think he was there for like 60 weeks. Um, he's, you know, won the Farmers this year. He, he's, he's awesome. He almost won uh, Phoenix Open when he was at Arizona State. And uh, I didn't totally know who he was back then. It's just like, this guy's unbelievable. Like, he just, he just goes out there and plays. Like, he's sort of um, old school, like, Euro in, in that sense. And that he just, like, I don't know. He's kind of crazy and he just like tries to hit it as far as he can and then scrambles and just, he just, he's just a baller. Like he's just awesome. I'm so mad. I missed that final match. Was it, I mean, did it live up to the hype? Yeah, it was good. DJ sort of ran out of gas on, on, uh, on Sunday. He, he only made like, um, I don't know, three or four birdies against Rom. Rom just made a bunch of mistakes early. I think he was like, just out of his mind, hyped up, thinking about taking down DJ and getting inside the top 10 and all that stuff. Um, but, I mean, both of those guys are just, they've got another gear. Like, they're both just awesome. We'll get you out of here on these two questions. Uh, what are you packing at the bottom of the suitcase in case you get the call on Monday for the media draw? What's the script? <laughs> What's the scripting? Well, it's not Augusta camo like Ricky Fowler's wearing or whatever that was called. Flagstick camo, I think is what it was. Will you wear a white belt just to just incite the rage that would come from from golf Twitter? I'm I'm with you on the white belt. Like it's we've we've gone too far the other way. Right. Yeah. Like I I just uh, like it went from being so overrated that now I think it's a little underrated. I'm not scared of Tron coming at me. I'm I'm fine with that. You should have seen Tron's reactions in England to any comments anybody made about his outfits. So like I, I made it, I posted something on Instagram in between one of our rounds and I just like read some of the things people were saying about his khakis and he was playing well and I'm not joking. He fell apart. Like he absolutely <laughs> fell apart. He could not handle it. It was hysterical. Tron, Tron acts like he's like the, the editor of like Vogue magazine or something. <laughs> Like he he acts like he's like this fashionista and he like dabbles in other stuff. Like it's it's incredible. I got some unreal Tron takes when we were in Florida. By the way, we just we just went to we went to get some uh, some food with with Porath and Sean Martin. And I would just we would just feed Tron <laughs> like like we wouldn't even we we would just give him a topic and. I'd say uh, I'd really like to hear your take on that Tron. And like twenty minutes later, he was wrapping up <laughs> like anything, like healthcare, Bernie Sanders. Like we, it was all over the map. It was incredible. Oh, it's too good. All right, last one. What are you and Bacon shooting if you do get that Monday media draw? That's from Colton Davis. Yeah, that's that's a good question. You're playing the well, number tees. Yeah, Bacon would shoot a, uh, I don't know, a 73? Probably. Something I would, like that? I wouldn't be surprised if he shot lower than that. The member tees are only like yeah. 6,400 yards. 70? I could see Bacon shooting a 70. I played with him at a uh, U.S. Open qualifying course here in Dallas a couple years ago. And I shot. I played pretty well. And I shot like an 88 uh, or something. And he played from the tips. I was playing from the just regular tees. He played from the tips. And I... He was keeping score, and I saw his card afterwards. It said seventy. I was like, "Geez, maybe you should stick around for the qualifier." Shot um, a hole. I'd be happy to break a hundred. I played Oakmont the day after. I don't know if I told anybody that, but I played Oakmont the day after <laughs> <laughs> the U.S. Open and uh, parred the first. Thought I was going to break seventy from the. We played from the tips. You were crowd waving to the to the cars as you walked over the bridge after that par on the first. Oh yeah, they actually had to. FEMA had to be brought in to to clean up the tourist sauce on the highway there. But uh, <laughs> the uh, I don't know what I ended up shooting. It was not pretty. Though. I mean, that's the thing. Like you can you can hit even if it's what is it? Would you say seven thousand from the member tees? No, it's like sixty four hundred or something like that. Oh jeez. Yeah, it's but a, even, but, it's a different course. But that's the thing. Like, even if you're ten feet away, you can still make like a double. You know, on if if you're ten feet away after two, after two shots. So I just I would not putt well, and I would be happy to break a hundred. Well, I kind of hope you get the chance, but we'll be pretty jealous if you do. So uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not I'm not totally totally all in on you getting the draw. So I, I got I, real quick uh, the first year that I got hired at cbs i i followed bacon bacon used to be the the uh, golf writer there 
and he moved on and he was really kind him and Jonathan Wall were really kind to put in a good word for me and that's how I got the job and I was like man these are these are some good dudes and um I asked Bacon later on cuz I thought I was going to go to the Masters I didn't end up going but I asked him I said so if you go to the Masters as a media member do you get to uh, is there a chance you could play the course? And he said, Oh yeah. Oh yeah, there is. And, uh, then he, then a, a couple of minutes later, he texted again and said, uh, by the way, if you get that, I'm going to send you anthrax in the mail. And, uh, <laughs> you, you told this exact story last year, but it was ricin. So I don't know which one it was. <laughs> I forgot. I I'm forgot s- what it was. I'm smiling here as you're, as I just re-listened to that, this like today to prepare for, t- prepare for this. And you told this, I was like, I hope he like takes the takes the story to a different level this year. That's going to be the every year we do this preview. I want you to like up the ante for what Bacon was going to how he was going to kill you. It's actually a bomb in the box. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it on that before we lose your credential, uh, Kyle. As always, thank you for helping helping us preview. Um, if it's not too soon, I'd like to do some kind of recap as well. You're the master of the recap. Oh, one more question we did get. I don't remember who it was from, but uh, they wanted to know how you're ever going to follow up on your tweet from last year of uh, "I have seen unspeakable things." I thought about that. I mean, it's so it's so weird to be out on the course and not have any like you can just your mind just goes like <laughs> crazy places because if if you feel naked, like you don't have your phone, you can't shoot off these fire takes during the round. And um, I don't know. I hope I don't have to see that stuff again, though. So, all right, man. Enjoy the week. Thank you for the time and uh, best of luck in the draw. Absolutely. If I don't talk to you, we'll see you later on here in about a month or so. Yep. See you at the players. Cheers, man. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything different.